Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Amen. There's always a reason to rejoice in the Lord your God. There's always an excuse to celebrate something and be thankful. Even in the little things. I didn't stub my toe this morning when I got out of bed. Thank you, Jesus. We got a new phone number for taking prayer requests and text messages. Oh yeah, super excited about it. It's 843-284-6874. Red Letter Ministries call and text hotline. Leave your prayer requests or anything, comments. I love reading them. So far they've all been amazing. <laughs> we shared it on TikTok. And you know how crazy TikTok is? So I'll be on there in the drunken glory and be like, if you need prayer, that's what I'm doing now. I'm learning, you know, I'm new to this stuff too. You know, I'm like grandpa, like still figuring out how to use technology. And TikTok, I'm, glory to God. You know, we're like, I remember Vine. They're like, Vine's dead. Periscope, Periscope's dead. You need to be on Twitch and TikTok. I've never heard of Twitch or TikTok. So we're expanding and learning with all the new stuff that's coming out in social media. And we're learning how to reach more people. And I guess people like to have a phone number on there. Because have you ever met anyone that's lonely? You know, people need someone to talk to because you're created to live in community. You're created to live in tribes, in clans, and families. You're created to live in the family of God, and there's tribes and clans in the 12 tribes of Israel, which is all real Christians. Spiritual Israel is the body of Christ. You have to have a community, and if you don't, that's why we have this. Text us, message us. I love talking with you. We're talking with more people than ever before. We have a whole team here of intercessors and prophets and, and wild men and women of God that just love ministering the glory to people. And so we take everything you're doing and we'll just look at it, we'll message you, we'll pray for you, and you can text us or call us 843-284-6874. So that's a brand new addition. We're also doing a conference this month, first conference in five years. We used to do conferences. I got all the banners up from our old conferences, and it was really, really drunk and fun back in the day when we did a little itinerant ministry over the USA. But uh, it's a new season. We're doing a lot of new stuff. We're excited to do conferences and invite people to hang out with you physically. We're doing one November 29th of this month in Minneapolis at the Crown Plaza. And we have a mighty prophetic team. And this prophetic team is kind of like us that's been hidden, hidden in the cleft of the rock, hidden in the secret place, and is getting revealed for such a time as this. It's going to be extremely powerful. We're entering as a body the love glory. People don't even have a grid for this kind of glory. People don't have a grid for living in the glory continuously. We've been in the joy glory continuously for over a decade, in the joy glory. And we've progressed into the love glory just in the last two months. And listen, you guys, for those that don't know anything about the glory, the knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as water covers the sea, the love glory is so 
far greater than the glory of joy. It's like I've never been saved before. I look back at where I was even three months ago, and it was like I was a completely lost person compared to this newness of love. Going from glory to glory for years and years and years, it's exponential growth. If you get your foundation set in perfect humility and perfect virginity of the lower and upper pools of the living waters according to Scripture, and you build upon the solid foundation that's Christ in you, and you realize the glory, guess what? You can grow so fast that last month's growth growth looks like outer darkness compared to this month's growth. Where you can look back and it's like, man, and people, you gotta understand how it works. People will look at what you've done in the past years and be like, whoa, that's super far in advance. But not to you, because your mind is continuing to grow in the heavens. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Where is he being lifted up to? Into the heavens. He was lifted up into the heavens by the power of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, into the cloud. He ascended into the cloud again in Revelation 14, 14. That's where you ascend. It's the cloud of glory. We see the King of glory seated on the cloud of glory, wearing the crown of glory, holding the sickle of the glory harvest. Revelation 14, 14. That's where Jesus lives, on top of the glory cloud. Third heaven glory cloud. And guess what happens? As you ascend the glory, which is ascending through the heavens with your soul getting transfigured by the renewing of your mind, washed in the water of the word, gushing out of your innermost being and through your personality, you get lifted up and have the same experiences and testimonies as Jesus Christ, your older brother. He's not ashamed to call you his little brothers and sisters. It's a time of the full realization of your divinity as the brothers and sisters of Christ the Messiah. True humility is a full realization of your divinity in Christ. Not apart from Christ. This ain't carnal Christianity. There's no separation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The only thing that separates is pride in the heart. Pride says it has something to do with me, something to do with you. This is a true statement. All the fallen angels work within pride, but all the holy angels work within humility. You will see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, or you will see virginity and humility descending upon the nations. That's what happens when your humility and your virginity of the upper and lower pools of drinking the waters of life of the Good Shepherd that soon shall appear. That's what happens. That's the end result of your faith is that the waters from above come down upon the nations and the waters from below rise up through the nations and all the nations are sanctified through you. This is not some pie in the sky you know, thing that we don't know what's going on. This isn't perishing for lack of knowledge Christianity. This is having the fullness of the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the book of Revelation Christianity. The full revealing of Christ in us. The glory. The full realization of the morning star. And the morning star will rise in your heart by the prophetic word. How much prophetic word does it take for the morning star to rise in your heart, to be one with the sun? Getting everyone undone from religion. How much does it take? Feasting every day. Feasting every day. I mean, it's like a continuous feast for decades. Feasters. What are we fasting? We're fasting Esau's bowl of soup. We're fasting lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. We're fasting sin, darkness, shadows, types. We're fasting religion, most importantly. 
The main thing you need to fast in order to go from glory to glory is pride. Do a pride fast, where I will have nothing in myself except the springs of the waters of humility. I have no glory in me. I have no virtue. There is no divinity apart from humility. Not a single drop of divinity apart from humility. You will experience the glory to the amount you've humbled your soul. No man or woman that has ever lived has ever tasted the glory without humbling themselves first. That's why usually when you're at your maximum level of pride, you're just on the verge of tasting the glory. Look at Saul of Tarsus. He just killed Stephen with the glowing face, manifesting the glory so strong in the midst of the Sanhedrin that his face was glowing like an angel, Scripture says. And they laid their scarves at the feet of a man named Saul of Tarsus. He had just murdered Stephen, one of Jesus' best friends. So he was in the maximum amount of pride and murder and religion and self-righteousness of all the fallen angels working in the soul through being good in your own eyes. And at at that point, He came and he fell off his horse. That's the fall after the pride. Pride comes before a fall. And what did he fall? He fell from his pride and he fell on the rock. He fell on Jesus and it did destroy him and it did kill him into the new covenant, into the glory. So even though most people struggle horrendously with the fall called pride, It's not always such a bad thing because pride comes before a fall. And the fall is how you get crushed to taste the waters of humility. That's how you get saved. That's my testimony too. Age 18. Super prideful. Thought I knew it all. I'm 18 years old. I believed in science. I believed in Darwinism. I believed in everything that's anti-Christ. I believed in anything except Jesus. That's kind of how it is with Satan. You can believe in anything except the glory, anything except the living waters, anything except humility and virginity. It doesn't matter what it is. You just believe in all of it. He'll let you have the whole world as long as you stay away from the tree of life and the real living waters of the kingdom of heaven. That's the forbidden thing when you're trapped in darkness. But sure enough, got slaughtered at age 18, paralyzed for two and a half hours. They drove demons out of me. Felt like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through me head to toes. Minnesota Teen Challenge, October 15, 1999. And I fell. I fell so hard. I fell and scales fell off my eyes. Amen. I physically felt scales fall off my eyes. And when I tried to open them, I couldn't because it was so bright. That's the humility of the Lamb. It was the humility of the Lamb that removed the scales of pride from my eyes. The two trees in the garden, pride and humility. We have looked at humility as the denying of self. It's not. It's the indulgence on the living waters. Humility is the full saturation of the waters of life. It's the full partaking of the Lamb's sacrifice. Humility is not denying yourself. Humility is indulging on Him. Amen. (laughs) Humility is not being nothing or not being empty. Humility is being full of God. 
Humility is being empty of self, but full of the Lamb. Not just nothingness, like Buddhism, the meditating just like, Nam-yo-kyo-ren-ke-kyo, just empty myself and get full of demons. <laughs> it's not about being nothing. It's about being full. It's about the fullness of the living waters. It's the fullness of the Lamb's virginity, and it's the fullness of the Lamb's humility. That's perfection. That's the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. It's being full of the river of life. And with having no prince of the power of the air in the brain, and having no sands of Egypt in the heart. Everything you deal with in true Christianity of the river of life is the removal of sand and the removal of air. You deal with air in the soul and sand in the heart. It's so simple that first graders can understand it. The issue is the sacrifice of self. Very rare do you find Christians that are just gung-ho, dive in the river, completely die to self, and then never get out of the river. It's like in and out of the river a thousand times. I know that's my testimony. Everyone I've ever seen, is, there's nev I've never seen anyone consistent. I've never even seen an apostle consistent. I look at prophets, I've, I've never even seen a prophet consistent. It's like in the river, out of the river, having a good day, having a bad day, up, down, up, down, up, down. But we haven't come into the full revelation of the perfection of the water temple of Ezekiel 47. That's when everyone is always in 100% perfect glory all the time. That's the promised land, is living underwater, but it takes the whole body of Christ together in the same vision, in the same revelation, in the same Bible. <laughs> it takes the teaching of the last day apostles, the sons of God, to give everyone the same vision from the throne of God and the Lamb, having the blueprint impressed right into your mind so you can see. Why do we purchase ISAF, Revelation? So we can see. I counsel you to purchase ISAF so, me, so you can see. So that you can know what God's doing. So you can have the same vision of God. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Or you can say, my people perish because they're blind. Blind leading the blind, Jesus called them. So we need the vision of what God's doing in the world today. He's not doing sandcastles. He's not doing church building revivals. He's discipling cities and nations. He's forming the third temple. Anyone that says otherwise is a liar. I tell you the truth. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and all the angels are only interested in the formation of the Ezekiel 47 water temple. As it was in the days of Noah, the waters will come from above and below. It's the upper and lower pools. It's giving the nations a drink of life. Revelation, the only prescription for salvation in John's epistles, in John's gospel, in John's revelation, the love apostle. John's the love apostle, the hundredfold glory realm of divine love apostle. The only prescription from the love apostle in the Bible is drinking. Drinking, 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 drinking. You drink until all your mind is renewed to see what God sees and to communicate everything that God speaks. Only speaking what my Father is speaking, only doing what my Father is doing was the testimony of Jesus and our testimony. We don't do anything apart from our Father. Why? Because our Father's present here in the living waters. Jesus never did anything apart from the water, even though He was tempted by Scripture all the time, by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the scribes, and Satan, through all of them, through all the religious people. They continuously tempted Him with religion. Sometimes He got tempted with rebellion, too. There's no doubt He was tempted 
with lust. He was tested and tempted in all the same ways that we are, yet was found without sin. Amen? What does it mean to be without sin? Like Jesus, gushing in the living waters. That's it. One thing. The waters of life, the glory of the Father springing up in you, and it's childlike. Let me tell you what it's like to be completely possessed with the rivers of glory. It's like a 12-year-old in continual bar mitzvah. That's what it's like. It's like continual celebration in the springs of the waters of life, in 12-year-old childlike virginity, in 12-year-old childlike humility, where I don't know anything yet, but I'm excited about everything. You have to stay like a little child forever. Forever. You never grow up. You do grow up in, in your spirit, but you don't grow up in your brain. You don't grow up in knowing it all. You stay in the wonder of God, living in the awe of God. <laughs> Staying in the newness of life. All things are new. That's the emerald glow around his soul in the throne room where there's newness blooming out of him continuously, and the angels cry out, Holy, 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 which means that is something new that we've never seen before. Behold, I do a new thing. You've never seen it before. No one can say we've been here before. This is brand new. It springs up in our day right now. It springs up in our hearts. Newness, and it keeps you humble because you did not understand before. And the more you grow in the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord, the more humble you get because it's Him moving through you and you are the continual sacrifice on His altar. Your flesh is the sacrifice every day, the animal flesh sacrifice so that your spirit is always gushing with the glory of God. At any time that we get deceived thinking it has something to do with my quartz crystal brain. Gee whiz, look at all the stuff I did. Look at all the glory that poured through me. I must be something special. We get off the altar and we start stealing His glory. And the glory becomes a fading glory and we die because of our own pride. Even the greatest men and women of God die because of pride. Pride is death. Humility is life. All of God is in humility and all of Satan is in pride. These are the two kingdoms that war for every soul every day. And we haven't seen perfect humility. We don't see it. Moses walked perfectly in humility and the Bible says he had stopped aging at age 120 and there was not a wrinkle on his face. And he was so strong that he's killing Nephilim. He's killing giants, Og king of Bashan, at age 119. Come on, somebody. Do you know anyone 119 that is so strong with the sword that he's out killing Nephilim? We're talking about Og, king of Bashan. Woo! It says that Moses killed him. We're 119 years old. Holy ghost. So I'm telling you guys, there's a place of humility where you'll be strong like a 25-year-old at 120. Death was overcome at the cross. There's no cap on age. The 72 stuff, this 120 stuff, is all a lie of pride. Religion was destroyed at the cross. There is no cap to how long you can live. In fact, anyone that walked in perfect humility of the lower pool could live on forever. And there were mystics that we know throughout studying history 
that were found in caves and different things in Arizona and in Tibet uh, that were baptized by uh, St. Francis of Xavier or something in the 1500s, and they fell into a cave one time, Sadhu Sundar Singh, I read the story about him, and this dude got baptized by St. Francis Xavier in the 1500s, and he was over 400 years old. He hadn't eaten anything for 400 years, living in this cave, cave interceding for Tibet. Long hair, had scrolls and manuscripts and stuff. Hundreds and hundreds of years old. Just preserved in the glory of God. Preserved in the springs of humility. It's the overcoming of death. We're going to model this. People don't believe that this is possible. But you can see already the reactions in the death in them to this level of humility, this level of virginity, this level of love glory. It comes out to the surface and it manifests itself. It's the, it's the snake and the viper of the curse of the fall. The curse of the fall is a serpent of pride. When you're born of the flesh, you have a root of pride. When you're born of the spirit, you have a root of David, a root of humility. Remember, David was the runt of all of his brothers, the smallest. Oh, they wouldn't even show him to Samuel because he was so insignificant in the natural realm they didn't even consider him worthy to be a king. That's what the Bible says. Because it has nothing to do with the natural, everything to do with humility in the heart. 100%. And the natural realm says it has something to do with my flesh, something to do with my blood, something to do with intelligence in my brain. It's got to be partially about me. And that's the part of you that's still influenced by the fallen angels. That's why there's still mixture in almost everybody in the world. And we have to go lower in the pools of humility to completely rid ourselves from the curse of death. How do you overcome death? By drinking the springs of humility. And the springs of humility will lift you up to the thrones of angels in the second heavens. That's how you take your inheritance. That's how you take your throne. There's a throne with your name on it that you can only rise to by the springs of humility. When you rise to your throne in the second heavens over the constellations, which are the 12 stars of Revelation 12, which is becoming the masters of time, ruling from the observatory as the 144,000 masters of time, the ones who overcome death and hell for everyone. They're here right now. They're all walking the earth. Our job at Red Letter Ministries is to clear out their thrones and prepare a place for them in the heavens. I tell you the truth, sounds crazy, it's the truth anyhow. That's why we're persecuted so much, because we do this work for real, to transform the whole universe. We're not fake Christians. We go after the principalities, we go after the nations, we go after hearts and minds with living revelation, with living waters. This is the real deal. So that when the people rise by the springs of humility into the heavens, spiritually and mentally, because your minds will open, you begin to see in the spirit. Humility opens up your heart to begin to see. You'll start seeing visions. And there won't be visions from the sand. Serpents give visions. Listen, every person in the occult that's ever lived has had visions and dreams. <laughs> visions and dreams are not a Christian thing. Visions and dreams are mostly in the magic arts and in the occult. They become a Christian thing when you're in the living water. But don't think these visions, dreams, and all the miracle signs and wonders are God. Clearly the Bible says that frogs are doing it, 
The sorcerers of Babylon are doing it. Lying signs and wonders everywhere in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The witches are doing more than God's people are doing in the Bible. It's true. The witches are doing more supernatural stuff than the Christians are in the Bible. Oh, hallelujah. And now you got a whole world filled with occult, potent sorcery, Babylon the Great, and you wanted to say it's Christian? Anything in the sand, in the air, is non-Christian. Only in the living waters is it actually Christ. The living waters, Christian. So you got so, that's why you got so much confusion. Because people can't discern. This is the revelation. You have perfect discernment. Because if it's not in the waters of humility and virginity, it ain't God. Jesus made it as simple as, drink the living waters. How will you know that they're false prophets? You'll know them by their fruits. There'll be no living love. There'll be no living joy. They'll be serious. They'll be angry. They'll be grumpy. They'll be condemning. They'll be judgmental. They'll be accusers. Really? You'll never find a religious person with the fruits of the Spirit. But it's like, well, we tolerate them in, in leadership everywhere in every building made by human hands. And then it's like, we don't even look at the fruit. We don't even test the waters which is called testing the spirits. What is drink whatever because they got their credentials and it's mainstream, it's on God TV. A lot of it is completely mixed with Jezebel. That's why people still drink and uh, people still freak out when they start drinking pure virgin waters. You think, oh, they just come and this is such a pure message. It's so undefiled. It's just perfect humility, perfect virginity. The throne of the Lamb, the living waters, the, the, the river of life, Ezekiel 47, Revelation 22. You think that people just welcome it with open arms, perfect Christianity from the Bible in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, absolutely going crazy on it because they're so full of Jezebel, because there's been so much mixture. We have tolerated the persons of the dead. We have tolerated a graveyard in Christianity. And no one's more mad about it than the water workers. Because the answer is the waters of life. The answer is not cleaning up the natural realm. It's drowning it. It's sovereignty. It's pouring out living waters from above and below. Days of Noah, they weren't voting. Do you want rain or not? Everyone go into the ballot voting. We do not want rain. We love the dry place. We love the wages of sin. Like, <laughs> hallelujah. Balaam, son of Beor. We love the wages of wickedness. We love self-righteousness and strange fire. We love the sorceries of the prince of the power of the air. They did in the days of Noah. They loved working out of the prince and the power of the air. They loved working out of the satans of the second heavens. They enjoyed it. They loved being selfish. They enjoyed Esau's bowl of soup. They loved it and they hated righteousness. And only eight were saved by water. But listen. In the New Covenant, even though there's only about eight saved by water, these eight can come up into the thrones of the second heavens and water everyone and save the world with living water. That's exactly how this situation's going down. People have been looking for numbers. They're trying to get everyone into agreement. That's not at all what Jesus said. He said it'd be like the days of Noah. About only eight people out of a billion people on the planet will even get it and sacrifice everything to walk in the fullness of the river by continuous drinking like Gideon's 300, and they'll raise the standard like Noah and drown the world with the waters of life. And people will be thankful afterwards. It'll actually produce giving and taking in marriage. The giving and take is the jubilee of the nations. It's not a negative thing. I thought it was a negative thing. It's not. Now that I have a deeper revelation in the love glory last two months, I am seeing this thing more clearly than ever before. It'll be a marriage celebration. Giving and taking a marriage is a marriage supper of the Lamb. Everybody rejoicing, 
beyond their wildest imagination in the goodness of God. The Lamb has been slain once and for all for the nations to rejoice, for the nations to be healed. This is the healing of the nations. Revelation is the healing of the nations, the tree of life in the full maturation of Christ fully formed in us and covering the nations heals the nations. What are we removing? All the trust in self, all the pride, the fig leaves. He cursed the fig tree. He cursed the selfishness. He cursed the false covering of the fallen angels that make it all about me. Fallen angels work within human selfishness, within human sin. All the fallen angels work within pride, which is ego. That I am something in the flesh of my brain. That is the curse of the fall. Guess what happens when we manifest the tree of life in maturity? We burn that out of people's brains and set them free from death. At first it feels horrible. Later on they're loving it. Because you just removed every negative thing that's hurt them their entire life. You heal every relationship. You heal every marriage. You heal every family. We are going to do that worldwide. These living waters will increase dramatically every day. And do you know why there's negative initial reaction? Because people are completely possessed with demons. The demons hate the living waters because it's the end of their control of the earth. (laughs) Have you come to torment us before the appointed time? Now's the appointed time to torment them with the waters of life. Jesus, Jesus was releasing the rivers of life so strong that Legion was tormented hundreds of yards away. Here comes the King of Glory. What makes Him the King of Glory? The release of the water of life. That is the glory of God. The living water is the glory And the King of Glory, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is approaching a gathering demoniac and he says, you're torturing us before the appointed time by the waters you're releasing. It was the glory coming out of him that was torturing the demons. We've been torturing the demons for decades. We have. I tell you the truth, as the body of Christ, since the days of the Apostle Paul, we've been torturing hell. And we had a dark age where we weren't torturing them that much. Now we're torturing them more than ever. Pentecostal torture, charismatic torture, glory stream torture, and now Ezekiel's water temple is the final torment and torture and total destruction of all the persons of the wicked, of the fallen angels and the demons of the the air and of the sand into the lake of fire. The only reason why the human beings react negatively is because of demons and devils influencing their air and their soul and the sand in their heart. Once the sand and air comes out, woo! no curse, only blessing, no negativity, only positivity, no bitterness, only sweetness, no sadness and sorrow. It all flees away with the demons and the devils that are judged by the living waters. And the nations will rejoice exceedingly. That's what it says in Enoch. These living waters will cause everything that has breath to rejoice. The Lord visited the earth and intoxicated it. He will intoxicate it with the best wine. And the best wine is our love. The sons of God, the daughters of God, the 144,000 that take the angels' thrones in the second heavens, what was lost in the fall. We are taking our positions right now in the heavens and we are serving the nations from above the covering of the tree of life. It is the best wine for last. It is perfect love for everyone's souls. It will wash everyone's brains. It will wash everyone's spirits. It will wash everyone's flesh, bones, and blood. It will remove all the curse from DNA. It will restore all things. That's what brings never-ending revival. 
That's what brings the great awakening, the rule and reign of the perfect lovers of the Lamb. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Partner with Red Letter Ministries this month. We're doing a tremendous work in the nations. You can see where your donations are going at redlettermin.com as we're putting the analytics and statistics out there. And we're just reaching so many new people. We're using this message in evangelism every day to reach over a million people worldwide monthly. And you can increase our reach. We want to reach 100 million a month. We can do it. It doesn't cost a lot. It's like nickels and dimes compared to television and radio. Donate at redlettermin.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.